Welcome to the Power of a Woman podcast. This podcast is centered around helping you reclaim and finding yourself as a woman, connecting with how you want to feel in your life and body, and changing the narrative on not only how we approach health for women, but also how we treat ourselves and the stories that we tell ourselves. I'm so grateful you're here. Let's dive in. Hi, guys. Welcome back. So today we have a special guest. Not only does she grade my papers in um, in school, but Katrina Foe is also a part of the restorative wellness community is how we connected. But I'm very curious about her story. As we've chatted, we have a lot of connections in her story. So I'm excited to have you here today and to tell a little bit more about why you do what you do in this field. It's great to be here, Brooke. And I'm so excited to share this because I think that cancer is a huge thing. And that's that's what got me into this. I had my own cancer journey with breast cancer. Uh, let's see, it's over eight years now. And I was fascinated. I had been working with the body in the Pilates field before that, but we weren't really dealing with the whole body as I know it now. And I was just fascinated with all that I went through and wanted to learn more. And that's when I jumped in to go back to school, mainly selfishly for myself. I wanted to know what I needed to do for myself and and what happened curiosity-wise. And then as I dove more and more into it, I'm like, oh my goodness, this needs to be out there in a big way because people need to understand that there's a whole different way of looking at the body. I find that so interesting that so many people I meet in the the realm of what we do all start with their own personal story of something happening. And then realizing that there's all this information that's not out there for people and they want to go back to school to learn. And I think that's awesome that you can kind of turn it into a purpose though. Absolutely. Yeah. It's so gratifying to get to help people and to empower them to see and figure out what's going on. And and like in my case with cancer, I primarily work with cancer clients you know, understanding what were the root drivers of their cancer, because right now in standard of care, they're just like, we don't know. It just magically happens to some people. It's like Russian roulette and you have no idea, which is a complete lie because in the research we have shown, we have 10 different areas that I categorize things into of the different terrain areas that can get off with the body that then will lead to cancer. You know, it just depends on how many things are off as to whether, you know, you develop that and you overload your immune system to where it can't fight it off because it was designed to address cancer itself naturally. I remember for those that are listening that don't know, my dad passed from cancer almost nine years ago, but I remember when he was in the hospital. Now, partially, I don't think I realized or wanted to realize how far along the cancer was at that point. But I remember asking the oncologist, what are some like alternative methods of things that we can do, you know, while he's doing this? And his specific statement was, those aren't proven to work. And I was like, that's not the question I asked. I asked what options there are. And I found that so frustrating. And at that point, it's kind of when I started to make a shift because I was like, there's got to be other ways, right? That the body can be supported. Maybe not at the point that he was at, but there's got to be other ways that the body can be supported. And I had a lot of family members that we've lost to cancer. And I was like, I can either look at this two ways. I am either destined to end up with it at some point, or I can look at it as 
the recognized rate, like over 80% of any disease, right, is really more lifestyle related. So there's a lot of things at the end of the day, no matter what I'm genetically predispositioned to, that are in my control to do something about it. Absolutely, Brooke. It is unfortunate that we don't really have preventative medicine. And honestly, like the alternative side to cancer care is not very good. He's right. Because what people are doing in alternative healthcare is they're they're like throwing spaghetti on the wall and okay, I'll try some IV vitamin C. I'll try some hyperbaric oxygen. I'll try taking some mistletoe. It's all random. And they're, they're not doing the testing to see what is going to be, what moves the dial for that person and what are their terrain drivers? Because everybody's different. It's not the same for each person. And when you test, it's like, oh, there's your smoking guns. Let's address those. Yeah. The other thing that I see all the time is when clients are coming to me, they're, they're doing some stuff, maybe with their oncologist, maybe with, you know, some other alternative stuff. And it's just haphazard. No one's connecting the dots between overlap. And I'll see people doing oxidative therapies with antioxidant therapies, and they're just canceling each other out. And, and it doesn't even make any sense. And it drives me batty because then it gives us as alternative practitioners a bad name. And, you know, I, I'm not going to give anyone supplements or diet or lifestyle recommendations that are not based on clinical testing. And those tests are shown in the research to be very effective. And the treatments and such when they're appropriate are very, very effective. The problem is people are throwing spaghetti at the wall and hoping something sticks. And it, you know, they're mixing all sorts of weird things together that don't really belong together for them, not bio-individual. Yeah, it's funny, even not just in the cancer realm, I see it with nutrition too, right? We've had people come to us, well, I've worked with a functional nutritionist before, and they told me to do this, this and this. And I'm like, well, great, did they do any testing or anything, right, to like, you know, suggest why they were doing that? Well, no. And I'm like, well, I'm glad you're feeling a little bit better, right? But we still didn't get 100% there because at the end of the day, they were taking a somewhat educated guess, right? At the end of the day, it was still a guess though. So I think that's one of the most important pieces, right? Testing and having like a targeted approach because there's a ton of supplements out there that symptomatically could probably match up with what I'm saying I'm experiencing, but actually aren't going to be very precise or specific to what I need. So I think yeah. that is it's super important, right? To ask the questions and really understand, are we being precise and targeted with what we're doing? Or are we just kind of taking some educated guesses at this? Yeah, exactly. And the woman that I trained under, Dr. Nisha Winters, actually is working behind the scenes on developing research through her practitioner group, which I'm a part of, to collect the data of using this very specific strategic, you know, test don't guess methodology so that we'll have really strong evidence base. Like here it is. If you work this system, there you go, which it's still in the works. So if anyone wants to donate, she has, you know, a nonprofit to develop all that, which is amazing. And I'm so excited to see it because then people will understand it's not just, Hey, I've got an IV suite and I need to make some money, have some IVs. You know, it's not that. So I'm curious when you were going through this for yourself, and you had your own cancer diagnosis. Can you kind of elaborate on some of the things that you learned for yourself that made you want to expand with this further? Yeah, that's a great question. My journey was not very linear <laughs> as it usually isn't with cancer. So we can dive into as much, we could talk about this for hours. So when I first got diagnosed, I was nursing my fifth child and I had a mastitis. And when the mastitis went away, the golf ball size lump was still there. I'm like, oh, that's interesting. And I wasn't really concerned because 
I'm a nursing mom, things shift in that area. And, you know, but some other family members were like, you need to get this looked at, blah, blah, blah. And it, it ended up being a uh, breast cancer. And my first thing was like, I'm doing all the right things. We had been doing the GAPS diet hardcore. Like we cleaned up everything and I'm a little OCD. So I mean, like seriously, everything we had gone to the lengths of moving to Idaho so that we could have some land and raise our own chickens and cows and things. I'm talking like pretty extreme radical stuff. Yeah. And this just shook me to my core because I'm like, if I'm doing all the right things, you know, I live somewhere where there's no Wi-Fi. I am raising my own cows. Like, how did this happen? Like, what's going on? Like, what what can I do? Like, clearly something is not right with what I'm doing. So I kind of threw everything I knew on the table and I'm like, let's reevaluate all of it. At that point, we were doing a very clean Weston Price diet. And I'm like, all right, let's evaluate because everything people were talking about at that point, they were saying raw vegan. I'm like, don't really buy that, but let's look into it. Let's look at the research. Let's evaluate. And so I went down to a Gerson clinic, which is vegan based. And I was asking a lot of questions. I'd read all their stuff. I'm a big reader. And they didn't have any answers. They couldn't tell me why they were giving me thyroid medications without testing my thyroid. They didn't couldn't tell me why I could only have one tablespoon of flaxseed oil and no fat all day, or why I couldn't have any salt. They couldn't explain the mechanisms and the you know, the biology behind it, which I needed to understand to really embrace it. And at the third day, the director of the facility sat me down. And he's like, "Okay, Katrina, you have to just trust the process, or you have to leave." I'm like, I'm sorry, you have no answers. If you had answers and could explain some of this to me, maybe I could buy in. But this is, this, it's kind of a big deal. It's my life. You know, I'm, I'm not going to have, you know, five children sitting at home waiting for me and be like, oh, sure, I don't know you, but I'll trust you, even though you can't give me any answers. So after that, I was a little bit frustrated and kind of felt all on my own, just like free falling. Yeah. I, I don't even know where to look to. And a friend of mine had recommended, a functional practitioner. And I started working with her and she started running all the tests. Um, some of them weren't the exact same ones that I run now because there's a lot, there's always new cool ones coming out, better, more accurate tests. But basically we were looking at all the same things. So we're looking at like, how is my body doing metabolically? What are the different, what's my gut doing? How are my hormones? All this different stuff that I had never looked at. And I was, I was kind of <laughs> shocked because you know, I had been taking fermented cod liver oil for three years and my vitamin D levels were in the toilet. I'm like, how is this possible? I take, you know, and so I'm like double down. I'm going to just take three times the dosage, three syringes full for three months. And it didn't budge, not a single point. Well, there were some issues there that once we dug into, I have genetic issues where I don't do well absorbing vitamin D and that form wasn't working for me, you know, but I never would have known that if I hadn't tested that's why I tell people like, it doesn't matter what supplements you're taking. You have to test and see if they're actually getting into you and doing something because otherwise you just, you have no idea. You might be just throwing money down the toilet. Like I was. So through that whole process, I learned a lot about myself, not only what I needed to do to shift and turn this around, but also what I needed to keep my eye on going forward for the rest of my life. So I have people all the time, especially clients, they're they're very curious about the process, which is awesome. Asking me like, oh, you know, so do you do you monitor? Do you have you gotten scans recently? I'm like, no, no, I don't, because what I'm doing is I'm looking at all my terrain. I know where my areas are that I need to watch, and I'm watching that so that I can know if things are going to get sideways before it even is allowed to. 
I love that. That's interesting too about the scans. So when I was, my daughter was nine months, she's our first, and I was pumping and I felt a lump in my breast. And it was actually, this was a little bit after I'd stopped pumping. And I, you know, went and got the, with the mammogram. And then because I was young and because my breast tissue was so dense, they couldn't really see anything. So then I had to do the ultrasound and then they couldn't really see anything through the ultrasound. But then they like take you into the room. And my mom was an oncology nurse. My mom was there with me. And, you know, they take you in the room. It's basically like you're sitting there waiting to get told that like you have cancer, right? Because you're just like sitting there freaking out. So I start crying and I'm like spiraling, right? Imagining my like nine month old with just my husband. I'm like, I'm not going to be here. And then they told me I had to do the biopsy. So I had to see the breast cancer specialist ahead of time and go through all that. And it's a terrifying experience to go Mm -hmm. through all that. And after that, you know, they recommend that you continue normally, they would recommend continuing like with a mammogram or something. But I've heard a lot about thermography as well, too. Do you know anything about something like that? Or would you recommend still going more of like the testing route with things like that? Okay, there's a whole lot there. Those are really good questions. So I think what you're alluding to, which I'll go ahead and state out loud, like the mammograms are known to cause cancer. Just think about that for a second. Like that is insane that we are using detection by causing cancer, like something that causes cancer, which I don't understand why that, that makes any sense and why that should be allowed. The actual method they use for the biopsy, it's, it leaves what's called track marks, which can cause and spread cancer. I mean, they don't have good testing that isn't carcinogenic. It's insane. And this is the weird part. And I kind of skipped over this before, but when I was going to, you know, try to figure out what was this golf ball shape, because I could feel it, you know, and I didn't know, is this from a breast? Is this a breast cancer? Or is this like liver cancer that has spread to my breast? You know, I didn't know. I actually knew from other friends that, you know, their detection methods cause cancer. And I did not want to go that route. So I actually used two different tests that are no longer on the market in the US, but they are in Europe. You know, so it's not that the tests are bad, it's that the US is not offering them, which is, I'll just leave that out there for you. Whole other story. Yeah. <laughs> Rather suspicious, but they can tell from your blood, is this cancer? And what what origin did it have? Like it came from my breast. So this is a really interesting thing. And I wish those tests were still in the market. In terms of the thermogram, the thermogram is measuring, well, let me back up. So when you have a tumor, the primary way, the defining factor of cancer is that it shifts its metabolic thing from actually burning oxygen to burning sugar. And so it needs a huge, tremendous amounts of sugar, so much so that it starts to create its own blood supply. And that process is called angiogenesis to actually give itself more sugar so that it can grow. And this is known. This is how a PET scan works because they feed you radioactive sugar, kind of crazy, and they watch where it lights up. Now, if you have that angiogenic activity, so it's making new blood vessels, there's going to be more circulation and more warmth, the heat. And that's what the thermogram is measuring is the actual heat put off by any body area. So that's why you can see it. Now, a thermogram is not diagnostic, meaning it can't say that that is cancer, but it can say, oh, there's unusual activity, go do more testing. So it doesn't really answer any questions in that regard. Um, The problem that I had, because that was my first thought is let's do something like that, is that I had been nursing at the time when I found it, 
And that's going to create a whole lot of circulation as well. So it wouldn't have shown good results for me. And so, you know, I, I didn't do them. Personally, right now, uh, what I use for, for clients is something called a pre-nouveau scan. This is an amazing scan. It's very high def. It doesn't use the contrast dyes. So there's no toxic aspect of radiation or the chemicals or anything like in the traditional stuff. And the really cool thing is that they are marketing it to the consumer directly. So they're looking at it as preventative care, not just for cancer, but for anything. You can see little bleeds, you can see, you know, prolapses, different, all sorts of different tissue variations. And they're opening up like 10 more this year. It's amazing. So it's shorter. It's, you know, it's not as intense. It's much more high def, which is cool. So we use those. Is there a link that we can include in the show notes for people? Yeah, we can totally do that. Okay, perfect. Yeah, we can add that in. So if you're following along, please just don't try to do that while you're driving. Just pull over. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and I think I have a discount code I can give you as well if people are interested. Now, just as a disclaimer, I am violently opposed to the way that oncology gets kickbacks monetarily from chemo. So I do not make any money voluntarily on my affiliate or supplements because I don't want to be have any part of that. I want people to know that if I'm giving um, them a discount code, it's just them. It's just getting a discount for people. I love that. Okay. Let's transition and chat about when you're working with a client who comes Mm -hmm. to you. So I know that is more of an area that you focus on, but what's your usual process? Like when someone comes in, if they, you know, are diagnosed or think it might be something that they need to pay attention to, how do you typically work with someone? Yeah. So I start with them filling out a boatload of paperwork so I can really tease out everything that's going on. And we do an initial consult. So that way you, that client and I can get to know each other and see if it's going to be a good fit. Cause this is hard work and we have to connect on a, you know, emotional connection there so that, you know, it's going to be more productive. From there, I have packages and a lot of it's all including the same things. It's just different formats, different containers, depending on how the person wants to work. So all of them contain, you know, a year-long commitment with all the functional testing up front to get started. Like I said, they get the discount wholesale on supplements and any other discounts I can give them, as well as interpretation of all the labs and protocols. Now, people, some people want to work privately. So we do one-on-one consults to go over labs and discuss problems and diet and all that kind of thing. Some people want to work in our group program, which is going to be rolling out in um, August. And then we also have our retreat container where you get to go and be in person and learn how to do all the stuff hands-on so that the learning curve is flattened. But again, they all include the personalized protocols and testing. Love that. Retreats. I just did my first retreat, not obviously along these lines, but in February, and I resisted it for so long. I will hands down do a retreat at least once to twice a year. One to just be able to go and unplug as a mom and not have to be connected to anything by myself. But it is, it is, we're launching one in October. And I've told our clients, I'm like, think of this as like, personal growth on steroids and a time where you just really get to sit there and connect with yourself. And I think it's such an awesome, you can easily become so distracted with everything in your daily world that when you finally get to go unplug with it for three to four days and really experience how disconnected you were, I think it's such an awesome experience, but it also makes you kind of like reality check everything when you come home. Exactly. Well, I mean, with cancer, 
we know that stress is a major driver of cancer. But you know, when you like what you were talking about with your dad and everything, when you think about cancer, the whole process of diagnosis and treatment, and everything is insanely stressful. And it's not the actual treatment, it's the process. So my view on it is like, why can't we, you know, sit by the pool with, you know, a keto mocktail, getting a non-toxic pedicure and learn about how to take care of ourselves and how to do a coffee enema. So it's not this weird thing. And, oh, I have mold or I have these other smoking guns. Like, why can't we do it in a, a calm, supportive environment with other people that are wanting to learn about their health and you know, every class is, you know, every meal is a cooking class and you get to have fun doing it, you know? Yeah. So that's kind of the theme of our retreat is flatten the learning curve. Cause there's so many new things and shifts we need to do with our lifestyle and diet and everything and just have fun, not make it so stressful. Yeah. I think our lives are already full of enough of that, right? We have enough stimulus from your phone to your computer, to the TV, to especially in today's world, everything going on. I, it's funny with your clients too, right? Like that you have to, you have to connect, right? In order to work together. I think it's such an important piece that we forget. I jokingly tell all of our clients, like, I need to be your second most important relationship to your husband because like you, well, we need to be that close and that intimate with each other for a period of time. And if you're not comfortable describing your poops to me and telling me about your period and, and you know, how those things are going, it's going to be really tough to make our progress we need to make. But even beyond that, there's so much that comes into a cancer diagnosis, not feeling good in your skin. That's beyond just what you're eating and the supplements that you're taking or how your poop is, right? It's your, your, triggers, your daily lifestyle factors, relationships, all these things that can be showing up in your life that you don't necessarily recognize. And the further and further we go, realize those actually may be the main source that kind of catapulted a lot of these other things compounding. Yeah. One of the things that I do with all my clients is dig into that. I have a question on my questionnaire, like, are you open to the emotional work? Cause I want to tease that out. Are they going to go there? Because yeah. usually with a cancer diagnosis, there is something traumatic within a year of the diagnosis. So there's some death in the family, some kind of breakup, some kind of job lot, like something huge that did something to their soul that needs to be addressed. And people usually tend to focus on the biochemistry and all the, the supplements they take, and they try to bury that and ignore it. And that's, it's not serving them well, because that's one of the major drivers that mess their terrain up to allow that cancer to proliferate, and it needs to be taken care of. Yeah, we forget trauma is physiological, right? And yes. it sorts itself in the body. There's too often that I hear stories, there's a, a book I had just read from um an author that I, I follow. And she was talking about within a year of her being in a separation from her husband from an affair, she was diagnosed with breast cancer. And I'm like, yeah. And it may like there might have been something compounding right underneath that. But then that traumatic situation might have been the straw that broke the camel's back that caused some of the, those things to really come to life, right? We don't totally know all those answers. But we do know that trauma is physiological and stored in the body. And it's going to transpire in different ways in different people. Yeah. And even with breast cancer, like which side it develops has to do with different components of, you know, what's going on with them, which their relationships and such, which is so fascinating to me that our body stores things, like you said, very much physically, those emotions are in our body. I mean, I see this all the time in, in Pilates, you know, before I did anything with cancer, 
you know, I would have somebody lying down the reformer, they're just warming up and I'll ask them something benign, like, how was your weekend? And like, literally before my eyes, I can see their, their body move and shift and compensate. And then it comes out, oh, my husband asked for a divorce this weekend or something, you know, you can literally see it shifting. And, you know, when you work through some of those things, whether it is doing emotional work you know, with a counselor or, you know, in a Pilates session, you're physically uh, you know, moving the body and opening the fascia up or with like hormonal work and such, it opens things up and people a lot of times don't know what to do with that. And they don't expect it because that manifestation of our emotions physically is not something people talk about. And I think it's super important. So I love that you were saying that. Thank you. Yeah. Pilates, you know, having had a certification myself and then something that I do regularly myself it's so interesting because we forget about, you know, opening those things up in the body when you can feel that come out. And even, you know, in a training background, when you have chronic tightness in certain areas and things that just won't resolve, we can foam roll it and stretch it all you want, right? But there's got to be other things that we have to work through that actually can come into place with that. And it's interesting because we incorporate somatic breath work and things like that with our clients in our practice. And I try to explain to clients, I'm like, this is energy work, right? Because therapy and all those things can be amazing. But sometimes you're just, you're continuing to revisit a trauma the more you talk it out over and over, right? If we don't do something to move the energy in your body, we still have to get it out, right? We still have to move it. Exactly. Yeah, it's huge. And it's looked as the fringe, woo woo, not going to actually do stuff, you know, right? But it, it actually has a huge, huge effect on people's physiology. And then it's that, you know, something they can take long term with them and those tools for, their, for the rest of their life. I love that. So what are the best ways for people to get in touch with you if they themselves or family or someone wants to connect with you about working with you or um, inquire? Yeah. So I have a book that just came out, nutritionalpilates.com. And if you go to that website, not only will I give you a free hard copy of the book, the book is not specifically about cancer, but it's talking about all this same kind of thing, but you can also see more about what we do and apply to work with us. So it's got all the connections right there, nutritionalpilates.com. Perfect. Thank you. I will have the link for that in the show notes. So if you guys are following along driving, you can just go through and click in there. Thanks for hanging with us, Christina. Thank you. Um, Thank you, Brooke. It was great talking. And that's it for this episode on the Power of a Woman podcast. If any part of this episode resonated with you, I would greatly appreciate you giving it a review, sharing it on your social media and tagging me for another woman who may need to hear it too. If changing the narrative is something you're ready to take action on, my coaching programs are set up to help you do just that. We will address the nutrition, movement, lifestyle, stress, gut health, and hormonal needs that you individually have as a woman so that we can help you feel your absolute best and own your power too. Connect with me on Instagram at Brooke Razzie or head over to my website at brookrazzie.com to learn more.